than before? Well, the way it works is very simple. I, as a 51-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app, but it's because I learned so much interesting yet completely useless information. So how am I going to take this useless information and make it somewhat useful? Well, we got this segment. How it works, Jacob, Chantel in the studio, they will be the uh, test subjects for this round. I'll give them four pieces of information, three of which I have completely made up, completely false. But one of them, one of the pieces of information I give them is 100% true, and it is something that I learned this week on TikTok. Very simple. And they have to figure out what's the true fact and what is just things I have concocted in my own demented, weird little brain. So, Jacob, Chantel, are, do we know who's going to be batting leadoff this afternoon? Why not? I'll go first. All right, here we go. Jacob, long track record. Some weeks, he's unbelievable. Other weeks, just he's as also unbelievable. unbelievable. It's just the other way. All right, my friend, here we go. Number one. All right, I got it. Here we go. Number one, it is illegal to hunt on Sundays in the state of Virginia, except if you're hunting mountain goats. Number two, a cornflake in the shape of Illinois was sold on eBay for $56,000. Number three, scientists have engineered a plant that grows tomatoes above the ground and potatoes underground and the plant is called the tomato. Or number four, three quarters of all the hazelnuts in the world end up in Nutella. All right, to recap, give Jacob a little time to kind of figure out his path forward here. Number one, it's illegal to hunt in Virginia on Sundays, except if you're hunting mountain goats. Number two, a cornflake in the shape of Illinois was sold on eBay for $56,000. Number three, scientists have engineered a plant that grows tomatoes above the ground and potatoes underground, and it's called the tomato. Or number four, three quarters of all the hazelnuts grown in the world end up in Nutella. Wow, I mean... It's a it's, lot to process. It is, and it's also a bunch of information I don't know what I'm going to do after I leave the show. Okay. Uh, but I do think the cornflake... In the shape of Illinois, mm -hmm. being sold on eBay seems like a pliable one. Okay. But I also do. It's a small part of me that's telling me it it might be a different state that you uh, switched that. I could have flipped it up. Yeah, I could switch it up. But I'm still gonna go with it. You gonna lock it in? I am going to lock it in. Well, I will tell you that there was a, a cornflake in the shape of Illinois that sold on eBay, but it sold for a thousand dollars, not fifty-six grand. Oh, so. Slightly off there. So, yes, I do. You, you were on the right path. Right church, wrong pew. Uh, you were definitely on the right path of, of, of figuring out how my demented little brain works. But I still was able to, to get you to, to go for the wrong one. All right. So we got we're down to three. It's illegal to hunt on Sundays in Virginia, except if you're hunting mountain goats. Uh, number two now was number three. A scientist have engineered a plant that grows tomatoes above ground and potatoes underground. It's called the tomato. Or number three was number four. Three quarters of all the hazelnuts in the world, 75%, end up in Nutella. Let's see. Mm. Why, not, why not shoot for the unbelievable and go for the Tom Tato? Tom Tato. You're going to lock that one in? I am going to lock it in. 
Yes, that is absolutely wow. correct. <laughs> that is correct. Good job. I would have thought for sure that sounded. I had to research that to make sure that that was actually true, because it sounds made up. Yeah, they've engineered a plant. They've spliced it in some way that it grows tomatoes above the ground and potatoes underground, and it is called the Tom Tato. That's a, that's a very uh, handy little uh, plant there. Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, I'm a potato fan, but tomatoes in it. Uh... Really? Yeah. yeah, it has to be in the right uh, right uh, circumstance. I agree with you. Yeah, they I guess look, you're... They look like they're still forming on the insides, right? They don't look fully formed. That doesn't look like a, an actual food that we eat. All right, moving on. Chantel, are you ready to go here? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Number one, shark teeth are covered in fluoride, so they never get cavities. Number two, it is illegal to clap after a movie in Florida with some fines as much as $500. Number three, it took Leonardo da Vinci only three weeks to paint the Mona Lisa. Or number four, the kangaroo population of Australia outnumbers people five to one. So to recap, just to give uh, Chantel some time to process with her, you know, whatever her process is. Shark teeth are covered in fluoride, so they never get cavities. Number two, it's illegal to clap after a movie in Florida with fines as much as $500. Number three, it took Leonardo da Vinci only three weeks to paint the Mona Lisa. Or number four, the kangaroo population of Australia outnumbers people five to one. Okay, so I know a lot of crazy things happen in Florida. Yeah. But I'm going to say that that's not the one I want to go with. Okay, you're going to cross that one off the list. Cross I like the way you, you're going about it. You're, you're, you're eliminating the ones that you are dubious of. Yes gonna get rid of that one okay the shark teeth one i don't really know so i'm just gonna get rid of that one too um let's go with the uh see i'm an art buff mm -hmm. so i want to go with leonardo da vinci but let's go with the kangaroo population kangaroo population in australia outnumbers people five to one lock it in no, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Uh, there are there are more uh, uh, kangaroos than people, but it's more in the long lines of uh, two to one, not five to one. Five to one, it would be uh, overwhelming. They would just uh, they would take over the whole country. Uh, all right, so now we're down to three. Okay. Shark teeth, clapping in movies, or uh, the Mona Lisa? Uh, let's go with the Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Lock it in. No, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. I believe it actually took them 10 years, which seems it seems excessive. You know, at some point, either you got it or you don't, right? Um, but no, three weeks, that would have been too fast. All right, so now you're down to two. The ones uh, that you eliminated, uh, this is a, a classic Jacob move, eliminating two right away that it turns out one of them is actually correct. So don't feel bad for falling into that trap, Chantel. Wow. Um, Shark teeth or clapping in movies? Okay, let's go with the shark teeth. Lock it in? Lock it in. Yeah, I would have thought it was the fact that they don't eat sweets. Uh, but no, yeah, shark teeth are covered in fluoride, and that is why they do not get cavities. Shark There's so many fascinating facts about sharks that I had no idea before the, uh, the TikTok app. But yes, that is correct. Very good. Good job. All right, uh, is Anthony? Anthony's in the mail truck. He likes to play every single week. Why not give Anthony a chance? Yeah, we'll give Anthony a crack here. Um, all right, Anthony, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a choice. Are you there, my friend? I'm I'm always here. I'm okay. always here. Uh, do you want the typical one where it's one correct piece of information and three lies, or do you want to go uh, the three truths and only one lie? 
what kind of question would you like? I'll give I'll you the choice. I'll leave it up to your producer, whatever they want me to do. Jacob, Chantel, what do you want him to do? Should we give him one where it's one truth and three lies or three truths and one lie? Hmm, let's, let's switch it up. Let's do the... Uh... The three truths and, and one lie. All yes. right, here we go. Anthony, number one. 50 Cent hates Ja Rule so much that in 2018 he purchased 200 tickets to a Ja Rule concert and just left the seats empty to make it seem like nobody cared about Ja Rule. Number two, the actor Gary Oldman is actually younger than the singer Gary Newman. Number three, Edgar Allan Poe was such an angry drunk that he once bit off a man's finger over a shot of whiskey. Or number four, Bob Ross, the famous painter, hated his signature perm, but his producers refused to allow him to get rid of it when his show became popular. So there is one piece, of, oh no, excuse me, there's one lie and three truths in this four-piece equation. All right, so I think I've heard the 50 Cent thing before, so. Okay, I'm going to cross that one off. Um, I don't know either of the, the, the Gary Oldman or Gary Newman. This. Gary Newman sang the song Cars. Uh, Gary Oldman is a very famous actor. He was in uh, the Batman series with Christian Bale. He was Commissioner Gordon. Okay. Oh, that, Gordon. That helps you there you anyway. go. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with that one. I'm locking it in. Gary Oldman, Gary Newman. Yep. Okay, lock in. No, I'm sorry. That is actually true. Gary Oldman is actually younger than Gary Newman. Only by a couple of months, though. All right, so we can eliminate that um, one. Um, you also have Ed Ed Edgar Allan Poe was such an angry drunk, he once bit off a man's finger over a shot of whiskey. Or the final one would be Bob Ross hated his signature perm so much that his producers, uh, they, they refused to allow him to get rid of it when his show became popular. Yeah, I'm going to go with the last one. If you made that one up, then, then uh, good on you. But I'm going to go with the last one. Bob Ross hated his signature perm. Yeah. No, that's actually true as well. Yeah, he did actually uh, oh. hate his uh, signature perm. Yeah, he did not. Uh, he he, he right, did so it I because it was, it was before he was Poe. famous and before he made a lot of money. Uh, and then when when the show kind of took off, he wanted to get rid of it. But uh, they said, no, it's 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 part of the logo. It's part of all that stuff. So. Uh, so you're down to two, the one that you eliminated about 50 Cent and uh, Ja Rule or Edgar Allan Poe. I'm going to go um, I'm gonna go Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe was such an angry drunk he once bit off a man's finger over a shot of whiskey. Locked in? Yeah, locked in. There you go, Anthony. Yes, you have gotten it eventually. Yes, Edgar Allan Poe never bit off anybody's finger so far as we know. So nice job this week, Anthony. Really there you quick. go. Uh, Look, we switched it up on him a little know. bit, I, so it was, it was not easy. I don't know how you went on with your show after uh, after Richard in Manhattan just took over the whole show. <laughs> Sometimes I love Richard. <laughs> I, he just he just goes wherever he oh, wants so to I. go, and he's like he's almost like and Anthony. Thanks for the phone call. He's almost like one of those comedians that like he just goes from joke to joke to joke. Like there's no transition. He just he has this thought and he has that thought, and there's no. There's nothing that really connects the thoughts. It's just random thoughts. And I don't believe there's ever been a time where Richard has asked me, hey, did you did you see this box score or did you because they're so out, you know, they're so out there. I don't think I've ever said yes to any of them. I don't know what that says about me, but maybe I'm a bad sports fan for not seeing the box score in uh, Memphis and whoever. 
All right, um, Chantel and Jacob, we'll give you one final crack here, and you can combine your, your efforts. Are you ready for one more? Oh, why not? All right, here we go. Number one, at the next Olympics, one of the events that will feature a medal is competitive art. Number two, the actor who would later portray Freddy Krueger got his first big break as the moon man in the McDonald's Mac the Knife commercials of the early 80s. Number three, the last letter added to the alphabet was the letter W. Or number four, Furbies, the toy Furbies, are banned from the Pentagon. So again, number one through four, at the next Olympics, competitive art will be a uh, featured event, which will feature a medal. You will medal in competitive art. Uh, number two, the actor who would later portray Freddy Krueger got his big break playing the Moon Man in the McDonald's Mac the Knife ads of the early 80s. Number three, the last letter added to the alphabet was the letter W. Or number four, Furbies are banned from the uh, Pentagon. Thoughts? Okay. Uh, we've come to an agreement on you, you, You're working together and you're going to both pick the same one. Do, do you think that that's an effective strategy? <laughs> It might not be, but okay. what, you you're feel doing, what you're doing is also could be divisive, so yeah, it, it could be a tactic. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I've been accused of such things before. <sighs> I mean, say, I think that's the one that stood out to me the most, honestly. So I'm going to lock it in for me and Chantel. Okay. What do you got? Which one? It's the Furbies being banned at the White House. Furbies being banned by the, the Pentagon. Not oh, the White Pentagon. House, the Pentagon. Yeah, Pentagon, yes. Okay. You've locked it in. It's too late to change now. Oh, jeez. Here we go. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Yes, they have some sort of, I'm not sure, I never had a Furby. I would have been a little weird as a 30-year-old man walking around with a Furby. But I believe there's some sort of um, recording device in a Furby that, like, records your voice. So that type of stuff, obviously, is a no-go at the Pentagon. So great job wrapping things up strong, both Chantel and Jacob. And that, my friends, is what I've learned on TikTok this week. And now, because of this segment, you, whether you wanted to or not, have learned it as well. It is the Gordon Damer Show. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. We'll get more of your phone calls involved, and we have to get into some Yankee stuff. Aaron Judge, the offseason, the plans, the deals, everything. We'll deal with it next here on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Obviously, first off, glad to see the baseball writers got it right this time, and Judge did not get jobbed like he did uh, in 2017. He wins the American League MVP, rightfully so. I was a little surprised that it was as much of a blowout as it was, 28 of the 31st place votes going to Judge, and I think that that's what it should have kind of been. Uh, you know, you put up a, a season for the ages like Judge did on a team that made the playoffs, unlike Shohei Otani's team, uh, you should be the runaway winner for the uh, American League MVP. I'm not saying that Otani's a bad player. I do think that he was the second best option, and maybe in another season, he might have been the guy. Uh, and the year before, it made more sense because the Blue Jays did not make the playoffs. So, yeah, that, that makes sense um, if that's your competition. So, But good to see that Judge finally got his just rewards. And now, of course, it, the, the question is, uh, what happens in his free agency. It does feel like the, the tea leaves, at least of the people covering this type of thing, 
seems to be pointing more towards him returning to the Yankees. I don't know if I like that, that the, the sense is that. <laughs> I kind of liked it more when everybody was like, ah, he might, he might be gone. The Giants are going after him. Other teams are going to go. The Dodgers are going to go after him. We shall see. Um, generally, I would say paying for guys coming off career seasons, especially long-term contracts, does not generally turn out to be a good plan. Uh, but two things. A, the Yankees are going to have problems either now or in the future. Like, if you sign Judge, there's definitely something. If you sign anybody to an eight-, nine-year contract, at some point that contract is probably going to turn into uh, a toxic contract, uh, if you're, especially if you're talking about 30, you know, I don't know what it would be, 37 to $40 million a season. But the problem is, is if they don't sign him now, then they have problems right now. The Yankees are not a good team Losing Aaron Judge, they weren't a good enough team, even with Aaron Judge having a season for the ages. And there is a, a, a psychotic part of me that would be interested to see. I don't even know what a plan B would look like. Now, I don't want to see what it looks like in reality. I would like to see what it would be hypothetically, just, just to kind of my own morbid curiosity. If there was some sort of alternate reality where Aaron Judge signs with the Dodgers, I don't even know what the plan B would be for the Yankees. Because you would think ordinarily, all right, well, you lose him. Well, you got to go out and sign one of the other big free agents. Well, they're not signing one of the big shortstops. That's out. Even if they were to lose Judge, I don't think they're going after Correa. I don't think they're going after Trey Turner. I don't think they're going after Dansby Swanson. I think that they're committed to their plan at shortstop. I don't know what the – I don't think it's a good plan at shortstop. But I think that they're committed to either Peraza starting the year um, – IKF starting the year and Peraza coming along, Volpe it being in the mix at some point, although it seems he's he's at least a, a little ways away, especially with the way that he performed in AAA last year. So I, I don't think that that's a, a great plan. Um, maybe you say, all right, well, you take some of that money and you spread it around. Okay, fine. Maybe part of that money goes to one of the big pitchers, Verlander, DeGrom, Radon. I, I don't know. That doesn't fix the problems that you have offensively, and that's been the problem uh, in the postseason, is scoring runs consistently. So I, I'm almost kind of morbidly curious to see what the plan B would be because it's it's not, you know, sometimes if you lose a, a big player on your team, it's clear what the, the next plan is, what the next steps are. All right, we're going to pivot and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. With the Yankees, it doesn't feel like there's an obvious plan B if you lose Aaron Judge, clearly. Um, now, the other thing about the judge contract, if it does turn out to, um, you know, I, I've always kind of felt like he's going to be back. Eventually, the Yankees, and maybe sooner rather than later, the Yankees are going to have some pro This group, the window is clearly closing. The age is clearly creeping up. Now, I'm glad that they brought back Rizzo, but Rizzo will be 34 next, uh, excuse me, he will be 33 next season. Now, I do think he'll get a boost because of the rule change with the, the shifting and all that type of stuff, but 30, he's 33. Stanton's going to be 33. LeMahieu is 34, and you'd have to say like kind of an old 34 with the amount of injuries he's dealt with the last couple of years. Glaber's still young, but it seems like Glaber is the guy that they're uh, at least shopping, right? Glaber, I think, is 26 next year. He's the like the one young guy. The Yankees have a lot of, uh, a lot of older, a lot of age on this team, and it kind of feels like while they might be able to stave it off for another year uh, by bringing back Judge and, and, and tweaking things here or there, they're kind of locked in with a lot of older players all of a sudden, and it feels like the window and uh, the window of opportunity for this group is, is closing quite quickly. 
Now, the other thing that always comes up with when, when judges contract, well, if he, the second he signs it with the Yankees, you know, it's not going to age well as if there's contracts that you're like, oh, <laughs> it got so much better as things went along. Yeah, I mean, if you're signing people to long-term deals, almost certainly at some point those deals are going to turn bad. I, I kind of go against this whole idea, and I've heard it a couple of different places, well, the judge, judge won't age well because big guys don't age well. Uh, you know, some, some, some of the old, older guys, when they get 32, 33, 34, all of a sudden they, they don't just have the normal regression of an aging player. They kind of drop off the map. Um, generally, the guys who age the best are the most athletic guys. And you'd have to say Judge, even for his size, is a good athlete. He's got good speed. He's a good defender in the field. He's the Yankees' best first-to-third guy. Um, and he's not your typical, prototypical, big, bulky slugger. Uh, so I don't know necessarily – I just don't think that there is a test case where you would say Aaron Judge is just like this guy. Or you could put him into a category because two things. A, his, his just his physical – uh, dimensions are different than just about everybody else who's played the game. And he's kind of been an outlier the entire time. Like, think about all the, oh, he's, he strikes out too much. He'll, he'll never hit for a high average. Just hit for 311. Uh, and maybe this is a career year, 285 career hitter. I think if you had to look at one person who was the most uh, kind of best comparison for, for Judge, I think it would probably be like Dave Winfield. Like a big guy who, I mean, Winfield was not as bulky, clearly, but was a good athlete all around. And while Winfield, I think he missed a season because of a back injury, like 88, 89, 90, somewhere along there. He was still a productive player at the age of 40. So I, I don't think that, look, here's the deal. You can either have the problems now or you can have the problems later. And for the Yankees, if you're saying that you're hoping to run things back, Clear. If, if they have the option, they will bring back Aaron Judge. But we'll have to see if that's that's going to be their choice or not. Hal has been very uh, committed to saying that they're not going to be outbid. The proof is in the pudding. And that almost feels like something you say when you know you're not going to get the guy back. Well, you know, we were not outbid. We were willing to do this. We were willing to do that. We will see how things play out. I, don't, I guess I don't like the fact that the overall um, – reaction has been yeah things are trending in the right direction it always feels like that's where the disaster comes when everybody feels like ah nah, it's gonna happen it's just a matter of time Uh oh all right 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number 1-800-919-3776 coming up our nfl picks for week 11 we'll recap week 10 we'll run down everywhere where all the hosts of the station are sitting after a rough week 10 we'll do that next it is the gordon damer show it is 98.7 fm espn new york now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It just breaks the wrong way for you. And uh, certainly, that was week 10 for me. It just broke the wrong way. I have plummeted in the standings. I was one and four for the week last week. That is just, you know, for some hosts, that would be okay. You know, if Rick DiPietro went one and four, he'd be like, I got one right? All right, awesome. Uh, I still I dropped over 100 spots. That's the bad news. I, like, that's the thing about me. I am uh, so transparent. I let you know when I'm bad, I'm bad. But when I'm good, I tell you about that as well. 
So I've dropped over 100 spots in the rankings. You'd think, oh, Gordon, you dropped 100 spots. Maybe you're not the, the number one host on the station anymore in terms of NFL picks. No, I'm still 154 spots ahead of the nearest host. Dropped 100, still 154 ahead. And again, that's what I'm competing for. I'm exempt from the money. I can't win any money on the, the Cover 5 app. And it's not about beating the other participants. It's not about beating uh, Poopy McPooperson or Jabroni Pumpleduck or even Bill's Mafia 6969. No, it's about beating the other hosts on the station. So even with a sad, miserable, depressing, disgusting week last week where everything I touched, it felt like it was just a disaster. I am still in front heading to week 11, heading down the home stretch of the season, still in front. Now, you might be saying, Gordon, you're, you're in front, but by how much? Well, I like to point out, I'm transparent about myself. I'm transparent about everything. So if you're wondering what the rankings are, I'm uh, of the hosts. I'm, uh, I'm in 155th place now. Disgusting. Have to get that back up. But still number one among the hosts. Don LaGreca, 309. Rick, 320. Dan Gross, a good week for Dan last week. He's up to 417. Uh, Michael K. He has two entries, and uh, he is consistent. Four, uh, excuse me, five forty-seven and five seventy-one. <laughs> Dave is at eight oh three. Eight oh three. Larry, Larry's on the way back up. He's he's coming back up. He's at uh, nine sixty-eight. It, it, this is going to be this is Larry's going to be like the classic sports movie. You know, it's see when all seems lost. That's when the charge comes. I think it's big week this week. And then uh, Peter, he is uh, pacing himself clearly, taking his time. He, he's, he's a finisher. He's a closer. He is at uh, 1,088. And you're saying, 1,000? Uh, there are almost uh, 1,700 people in the uh, NY22 group, the ESPN 98.7 group. So uh, we're kind of scattered all over the place. Some of us further down the list, some of us further up. But uh, let's get to the Week 11 NFL picks. All right, first up, well, we talk, we opened the show with it, right? The beauty of sports is you. there are no reruns. You don't get second chances, right? Eminem's song, it's not about you get a second shot. No, you got one shot. Well, luckily for the Jets, they get a second shot. And, and here's the thing. It's got to end at some point. The worst teams in the sport don't go seven years. Playing the same team twice a year. For seven years? I gave you some. Think about seven years in sports terms is forever ago. Seven years ago, Carmelo Anthony was on the Knicks still. Alex Rodriguez was still on the Yankees. Todd Gurley was the offensive rookie of the year. The Jets have to win. You must win this game. You should have won three weeks ago if not for the quarterback losing you the game. New England is not a great team. You are a more talented team. You have to go out and win this game. There's no ifs. There's no ands. There's no buts. I don't want to hear about, oh, you know, you're just focusing on the quarterback for three. Yeah, there were a big three throws. They single-handedly sunk you in that game. Jets on the cover five app are getting three and a half. Give me the Jets all day long. I'm taking the points. 
I'm sprinkling the money line. The Jets absolutely 100% must win in New England tomorrow. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Number two. Well, look, when you come up with a strategy that works for you, you stick with it. And I'll be honest with you, one of the strategies that I hit on earlier this year, I could tell Vegas was not respecting the Jets and Vegas was not respecting the Giants. And uh, I have ridden that to the top of the uh, rankings, at least uh, among the hosts. I I can't uh, tout myself too much. I'm on 155th place. But still, out of almost 1,700, that's that's not terrible. But I digress. Giants on the Cover 5 app are uh, minus three. Here's the deal. Giants are seven and two. Uh, Look, sometimes you can get down in the nitty-gritty and and get lost in the weeds. Giants are the better team. They're at home. They're four and one at home. They're favored by three points against a Lions team that I would actually be more concerned about if the Lions had not won two in a row. Like, the fact that they've won two in a row, it kind of takes some of the pressure off. It lets some of the steam out of the pipe uh, that they're not going to keep this up. They're not a good team. So I get that Vegas does not really respect the Giants. Even still, they're playing Detroit. I mean, come on. you got to be able – and all you, it's not like I'm asking you to do anything different than you already do. Run the ball like you always do against a team that's terrible defending the run. Pass the ball at times because they're terrible defending the pass. Don't turn the ball over, and you'll walk out with a win. This is the game where the Giants – maybe they give up a little bit more – but I think they also kind of break through offensively, riding Saquon. Another big week for him as well. I would be sprinkling a little money line action on, or excuse me, a little action on anytime touchdown for Saquon and first touchdown scored for Saquon. But give me the Giants minus the three. And, and, and I should mention, Giants were the one team that I won with the last. I mean, they were trying to give away that cover every which way they could. Game number three. Dallas at Minnesota. Richard in Manhattan brought it up earlier. How can how can Minnesota uh, be getting points at home? They're the better team. They're, they're, they're coming off a big win. Well, this is kind of a must-win game for Dallas. Right now, Dallas is the sixth playoff seed coming off an awful loss last week, a game where uh, I don't like uh, conspiracy theories, but boy, oh, boy, that overtime – felt like the the, the thumb was on the scale a little bit when it came to the referees but um, Vikings are coming off an emotional road win a game they never win they're 8-1 now I like this game a little bit better where it looked like uh, the the tackle Darisaw was uh, looking like he was not going to play he has been cleared to play after that concussion but this just feels like a bounce back spot for Dallas because if they lose this game it's it's an outright spiral an outright spot. They have to. They have to pick up one of these wins here against a good team. And I just don't see the Vikings being nine and one. Uh, Kirk Cousins' numbers in the four o'clock window. He likes playing at one o'clock. He, he's got a system. He likes being in his wheelhouse. And anytime you get him out of his wheelhouse, he tends to struggle. So uh, I'm going to take Dallas. I never like taking Dallas, but this is a spot where I feel like I could take Dallas and and feel good about it. Uh, next up. Well, the first three games I feel really good about, but like every single week, you gotta find those other two. That's the thing about the Cover Five app. You gotta pick five. You can't just stop at three. Some other hosts they would be better off just stopping at three and taking whatever penalty. That's not the way I roll. 
The Bills and the Browns in Detroit on the Cover 5 app. Cleveland is getting 9.5 points, plus 9.5. Now, I took the Browns last week and got absolutely torched. I was more than happy to get torched because the Dolphins were the do- ones doing the torching. Uh, but Cleveland tried to single-handedly ruin me. This week we've heard, well, you know, the Bills got some issue. The, the Eagles have some issue. I think the Bills do have some issues. They've got a lot of injuries. Josh Allen almost single-handedly lost that game last week. Um, now, look, they, the, there's the possibility that the Bills absolutely go there and, you know, put up 40 and, and just blow things out because there's only one way for the Browns to really win games, and it's sticking with the run even when they're down. But I think Nick Chubb will be able to do some things against the Bills. I think that uh, the Bills do have some issues right now. So it's a lofty line. I like taking those points. Give me the Browns plus the 10. And then my final game, boy, I was really struggling to find that other game. I kind of like Vegas, but I've been burned with Vegas before. Um, the Chargers are healthier. They're good, ro- uh, they're good um, underdogs, uh, especially at home. Uh, I don't know that the injuries, I don't have enough clarity on whether or not Keenan Allen's going to play or the tight end's going to play. Pittsburgh, home as a dog. You know about Mike Tomlin's number. I just don't feel comfortable there. It was really hard for me to find that fifth game. I kind of like Baltimore, but just too many points there. So I think the Bills do have a lot of issues. I don't buy that the Eagles have that many issues. Eagles coming off a disgusting performance on Monday night, going to Indianapolis, giving up seven and a half. Indy coming off that big win for Jeff Saturday in his first performance there. I thought that that could work, and I didn't have enough guts to pick it last week. I was kicking myself for not picking it last week because my other picks were hot garbage. I'm going with the Philadelphia train this week. I think they go to Indianapolis and just absolutely shut them down and get rolling once again. And they need to get rolling once again because the Giants are right behind them. And if Dallas were to win, they're not too far back. And all of a sudden, Washington's showing you some signs of life. So the Eagles... Have to get rolling again. I think they will. Give me the Eagles minus seven and a half. All right, so those are our NFL picks for week 11. God willing, they're a whole lot better than week 10. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. We'll wrap things up on the phones before Ty Butler at six. Only here, 98.7 FM, ESPN. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.